Welcome to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Cybersecurity affects us all, whether we are at home, managing a company, supporting clients, or even running a state or local government. Join CIS's Sean Atkinson and Tony Sager as they discuss trends and threats, ways to implement controls and infrastructure, explore best practices, and interview experts in the industry. We are here to bring clarity to these complex issues to bring confidence in the connected world. Hello and welcome to the show, Cybersecurity, where you are, Sean Atkinson, CISO here at the Center for Internet Security, hosting uh, two pen testers uh, that uh, are working with CIS this week. So uh, Chris, how about a quick introduction? Yeah, thanks, Sean. Uh, my name is Chris Elgy. Uh, like you said, I work for Counter Hack Challenges as a pen tester. I also develop uh, cyber ranges like the SANS Holiday Hack Challenge and NetWars. And I'm a cyber warfare officer in the Army National Guard. Wonderful. So we've got Superman here. Uh, Eric, how about your introduction? Yeah, so my name is Eric Persley. Um, I do the same thing that Chris does at CounterHack. Um, the only difference with me is that I am in the Air National Guard uh, as a cyber warfare operator as well. Wonderful. Well, both, thank you for your service. And it's great to have you here. Some great uh, pen testing this week. But we're going to start then, and obviously this will be a, a pen test themed uh, podcast. So first, what are, Chris, some of the key skills, qualifications that you see uh, are required to become a successful penetration tester? Yeah, I think a lot of people think of the technical skills, the on-keyboard Linux Windows skills, which are essential, but I, I find more than anything, a good pen tester has a solid sense of curiosity. They see something that looks a little weird, the spidey sense tingles, and they're, and they're just curious about it. And, and that's, that's true whether it is you know, a, new, a new air fryer that does something strange or, or a web application you log into, but uh, a good pen tester is going to be curious about how things work and how they can be uh, abused and manipulated. Wonderful. How about you, Eric? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Um, you know, it's really easy to, to research those, those hard technical skills, um, but I think one of the more important soft skills is Come, or comes with, um, uh, year, I guess, years of messing with things, breaking things, yeah. um, trying to you know get your computer or programs to do things that uh, they're not meant to do, um, that you want them to do. And that kind of gives you um, a feeling of, you know, what to look for, I guess, and what may be wrong with whatever you're hired to, to penetration. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So developing the, the the tingle, as it were, in right. terms of that, that's awesome. That's awesome. And again, I think, like you say, that's uh, in some cases, it's something you can't necessarily teach. It's maybe inherent or something over time you develop uh, as you assess, you know, respective skill and uh, planning this area. And it, like in a lot of cases and the challenges that are provided, you know, the CTFs, uh, I think, are a great opportunity to uh, understand the context of the problem, but also develop a, a sense of, Oh, I know what the problem is, but here's an underlying solution that may not be apparent, which mm. is good. Yeah, okay. and and even just uh, you know breaking your own stuff sure. by accident. Absolutely. You know, um, get permission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Use your own laptop or exactly. computer, or whatever. <laughs> Wonderful. So, Eric, what methodologies or approaches do you typically follow when conducting a pen test? Um, I guess. Aside from the, well, it depends on what the, uh, what type of pen test you're, you're doing. Um, you know, whether it's internal or assume reach or external or web app or, um, I guess with, with web app, um, 
uh, I'll start with I'll, I'll pull up Burp Suite, of course, sure. um, and then get a get a scan going because that just uh, runs in the background and you can do other things and also builds um, uh, kind of a, a directory layout of you know the different pages that are available, um, and then I'll just I'll just start using using it as a normal user would just browsing around, um, uh, you know, maybe entering some things in, in the various uh, text box text boxes that are available, and then just see the traffic going through and see what it looks like and, you know, um, things that I could mess with, parameters I could I could change or, um, yeah, and just, just kind of poke around and, and look around and um, look for look for things that are weird or things that could be messed with. Yeah, well, I think that's your, your spider sense, right? You're, you're looking to say, oh, mm. what's mm. here? What, what could I do? And, and then, you, you, you know, building that, uh, I think in, in some cases, and I'll, I'll throw this out, is a, a case of repetition is, uh, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, aha, let me throw up Burp Suite and, and let's play around in this space with uh, a few maybe fuzzing and things of that nature. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I think one kind of general methodology I like to follow is to, is to start quiet and get louder. So whether it's internal, external, I wanna, I wanna do the sneaky things first to see what I can get through and then just keep being more and more obvious and, uh, and not destructive, but I guess, um, you know, I want to trip detections and alerts and, uh, and then that helps a client figure out what their clipping level is, right? What, what are they going to detect in an environment and, uh, and what, what might sneak past them? Absolutely. Yeah. So in that same environment, Chris, um, you know, how are you then prioritizing or selecting target systems and apps for testing? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think what we really needed to do before the test even begins is make sure we understand with the client what their business is, what their goals are, and why they're having a pen test. And that that should give us that should give us all we need to to be able to prioritize systems, right? If if they are, you know, a financial, then obviously financial records are going to be a big thing. Uh, data integrity and security is going to be a big thing for them. Uh, whereas if it's you know operational technology, then probably worker safety is going to be key for them. So. So yeah, understanding their their threat model, what keeps them up at night, is going to help guide our uh, our priorities. Well, I think it goes to Eric's point as well. It, it depends on what you're trying to test, right? And that's how I'll apply the ultimate methodology and our approach. It's obviously changes with industrial control system security versus you know corporate environmental processes. Awesome. What about you, Eric? Yeah. So um, definitely start with with what what Chris said, um, and then from there you can look for low-hanging fruit type things, um, because those are things that could be, you know, more easily exploited by, uh, by attackers. So you definitely want to knock that, that stuff out. Um, if you, if you find it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And again, I think in, in some cases, uh, and for me learning, this is, uh, similar to the, the, the spider sense as it were, but it's, what is the low hanging fruit? What does it look like? And it's, ah, we see, we see this all the time. Here, here's the write-up. We're, we're good. Let's move forward with uh, some of the more difficult elements. And and as a uh, uh, segue into that, uh, Eric, any real-world scenarios where you've encountered a particularly challenging engagement, uh, and then how did you overcome it? Um, well, other than this one, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> there, there has been many challenges on this one. I will say, which is good. Which is great for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always great when your penetration tester is frustrated or bored. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, so coming on to Counterhack, um, you know, I've been here for less than a year, and um, Counterhack gets the more, I would say, more challenging, generally more challenging um, organizations come to them with their most challenging, secure uh, 
you know, platforms or networks, whatever it may be. Um, so the majority of penetration tests I've done for Counterhack have been extremely challenging <laughs> <laughs> to the point where, I, you know, my, uh, my imposter syndrome <laughs> started to show. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, yeah, as far as overcoming it, uh, I think having, well, I mean, first, you know, just persistence, um, perseverance, you know, um, believe in yourself, (laughs) that whole thing. I mean, you're, uh, if you're brought on to an organization as a penetration tester, you're there for a reason, you know, they, they, uh, they brought you on, they believe in you. So, you know, um, do the, do what they do and believe in yourself, like, uh, like they believe in you. So, and then I think also having a, a team behind you, um, that you can like, don't be afraid to, to ask questions or ask for help or, um, you know, research something you may not know. Um, because I I think those things are, are, are huge and will, will really help you overcome challenges. No, absolutely. And ultimately I think you receiving those challenges is just testament to, to the organization. I mean, the skill level is uh, unbelievable. And, uh, so no wonder you get the harder challenges and, you still find things. I still can't keep you out. It's ridiculous, but it's so great that uh, we get that level of expertise as well. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think that's, it's really neat that we get to do that kind of stuff. We've, I've done yeah, maritime OT and, and private residences and high security organizations, and it's, it's really a lot of fun. But I, I think I think the key to it is is exactly what Eric said, is there's a team. It's, you know, we we recently were having trouble getting code execution in the client environment. So we reached out to our friend, Chris Davis. Hey, Chris, what do you have on the shelf? And well, I tried this here and this works. Why don't you give that a, give that a go? And it's just, it's great having a team like that, that we can, that we can draw upon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, expert upon expert upon, I mean, just unbelievable. Absolutely fantastic. So in that same space, Chris, then as we go in through methodologies, you're going through your penetration tests, what, uh, what is uh, in your essential toolkit or technique uh, technology that you would rely on uh, as a penetration tester? One of the big things I use a lot lately, I mean, everybody has Active Directory. Or most most organizations have Active, Active Directory. And I, I think it's really uh, essential for any pen tester, uh, especially if you're doing anything internal, is to understand that whole Active Directory space. And, and with that comes all of the Impacket tools and Bloodhound and, and all the uh, all the tooling available for those environments because uh, Active Directory is just such a mess. Not not when you first set it up, but as you, <laughs> you've built it and you've grown it and it's you've carried it forward for years and years and it just collects all this garbage with it. And uh, and amongst that garbage, you can find some some interesting vulnerabilities. Absolutely. It's the bank of technical debt, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And we like making withdrawals. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, what about you, Eric? Any uh, essential tools and technologies? Um, yeah, so, um, definitely the things that, that Chris listed, um, and then, uh, also a lot of the enumeration or, um, information gathering tools, um, whether it be NMAP or, um, Nessus kind of, not so much Nessus, yeah, um, Nessus is another topic, but, um, uh, and then really any kind of scanner that will gather information because that information that's gathered will, um, you know, give you a direction to, to go and, and, and things to look at. And, um, the more enumeration you do, uh, the better equipped you are to, you know, to find vulnerabilities that can be, um, can be successfully attacked. Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, I, I guess I, uh, I'm old school in terms of it's, and I think this is probably my watching Ipsec too much, but it's just then Matt to start with, right? Mm -hmm. It's always in the pocket, and uh, obviously he does phenomenal work. Love all of his work. Um, yeah. I don't, is that old school to be Nmap still, or is Nmap still still cool? I use it on every test, yeah, so I don't know if I'm cool or not. But okay. I use no, it you're cool. uh, yeah, that, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. You every single internal and, and <laughs> external uh, will use Nmap. Yep. Yeah, and and uh, Mascan too as well. Yeah. Perfect. What what I like what I like to do personally is because uh, Mascan is much faster, so mm. I'll use Mascan to get the uh, alive hosts and uh, open ports, and then I'll target those specifically with Nmap. So it's just a little bit faster of a process. Cool, very cool. Now, one of the things I've seen, again, I don't know if you guys uh, have the same thought, but there is so much tool development going on right now. I mean, GitHub repository on GitHub repository of capability in that space. So Eric, how do you stay up to date with latest tools and techniques uh, in this field? Uh, yes, you mentioned a YouTuber. So yeah. YouTube is a very big source of you know current information. And it's great because they'll usually, they're videos, right? So they'll have tutorials on how to use it. Um, so definitely find uh, some of the, the better YouTube channels. Do, you know, uh, look around YouTube and um, find some of those channels that are, that are uh, a, lot, a lot, there's a lot of really helpful, really informative channels. So that's, that's one way. And then um, Twitter too. Um, Twitter is great for like real time, uh, you know, information. Um, and uh, then your your colleagues too. I think um, for CounterHack at least, uh, I mean, we have, we, we created a whole, um, uh, we call it the digital oasis, but we created a whole repository of information that, because oftentimes, you know, a bunch of us would be posting in Slack, like, oh, hey, look at this new tool, look at this new vulnerability, you know, et cetera. Um, and it would just kind of get lost in, in Slack. So we created this uh, repository that um, has all that stuff collected. So I think uh, um, your, your team it probably is a, is a great source uh, of that information as well. Absolutely. One of the other things I think, um, and again, just a testament to you guys and your team is, uh, well, the latest tools, it's not ready till we've developed it. Okay, fair enough. You're at that level. Uber, phenomenal. That's really cool. What about you, Chris? I mean, uh, how do you keep up today? Yeah, I used to commute a lot in the car and I got used to listening to lots of podcasts, sure. lots of obviously cybersecurity where you are. Yes. Uh, but, then, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Internet Storm Center Stormcast is wonderful. Uh, Cyberwire, Risky Business. I think they're they're all uh, it, they're all great in different ways. And uh, and that's just been a medium that's worked well for me. And some people don't like the audio format. They'd re rather read things. And but for me, that's that's how I absorb well. So, continue. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think to both of your points, there's a plethora of information out there, however you want to consume it, audio, visual, um, you know, practice, it, it just so many different things out there. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So Chris, with, um, and this is a topic that we've discussed with respect to uh, adoption of cloud technologies, how do you adapt your approach to uh, the new um, challenge in the cloud? Yeah, cloud is, is hard, right? With a traditional pen test, it's here are my external IPs, here are the internal IPs and ready go. And with the cloud, you can't you can't do the same thing, right? So so with a with a normal cloud penetration test, what we'll do is is we'll get with a client and say, hey, we, we need some type of credential for your environment because we, we need to be able to go in and query in real time what belongs to you because it's super easy to to hit uh, and get the get the wrong client, right? Because it's it's all the same IP space. Uh, where actually uh, Thomas, one of our coworkers, was was asking the other day about something related to this, and 
I see. I, I kind of feel like with Cloud, you could just start throwing at, throwing throwing things at it, but you'd be like the guy in the in the old Weird Al movie. There's a blind guy trying to solve a Rubik's cube, and he, cube, and he turns it and says, "Is that it? Nope." He turns again, <laughs> and is that it? Nope. And that that's where where you'd be with a Cloud pen test if yeah. you couldn't ask for some type of credential. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Very interesting. And again, given that space, and, and one of the other things, and I, I don't know if this is a, a good telemetry or bar to look at new techniques or capability, but really looking at the offensive curriculum from SANS often indicates areas of improvement, right? So, you, you know, we've got the cloud penetration test, right? I know you've taken that and passed successfully, um, seeing, you know, Windows tools development and new Linux one coming out now and, and just so many different areas. Uh, and it just seems like there are elements of that. But Chris, the other area I'll take it, do you think that there will be those that specialize just in cloud penetration testing moving forward? Yeah, I think so. Okay. We've, we've seen for a long time some folks that, that specialize in just web app pen testing because okay. it's it's really its own thing. And and yeah, I think I think there'll be there'll be folks who focus on cloud. And and certainly there's a lot of skill overlap. Like we're still using Nmap in the cloud, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, as as the industry continues to grow, it's it's getting harder and harder to be an expert in in everything, right? Because we've got web apps and network and Active Directory and cloud and uh, even sp some people specialize in in one particular web application, right? Like maybe SAP or Salesforce. So yeah, I think there'll be plenty of specialization. Wonderful. How about you, Eric? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a, a noob when it comes to cloud. <laughs> I just uh, just a few months ago took um, the SanSec 588 cloud pen testing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely hard. Um, it's it's kind of like a a mash between network and web app, and also its own thing. Um, so it it kind of requires knowledge of you know a lot of different areas, um, plus cloud specific knowledge. And it's yeah, it's like Chris said, it's it's really difficult to be an expert in everything. And I think um, yeah, I think you to to really be effective at uh, cloud penetration testing, it's you definitely have to spend a lot of time learning it and focusing on it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, like you say, because again, I think it's restructuring to, and, and you know, I'll, I'll digress and you'll correct me where I'm wrong, but over time it was, you know, when it was the on-prem piece, all right, there's elements of system administration you need to get under your belt and understand and networking and, and then move to web app and things of that nature. It's, I don't know if we're then moving into where there'll be cloud flavor specific penetration to I'm, I'm an AWS cloud penetration tester I'm an Azure you know in that space do you think that that makes sense Chris I think so yeah there, there's there's so much difference between the cloud vendors and how they handle the control plane right the whole identity piece of things where you know AWS has these these permission documents and, and they don't you kind of have to look at all of them to get an idea of what's going on where, where Azure you can actually kind of stack permissions and inherit down a tree and and then uh, Google Cloud is, is different as well so uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see a point where folks just want to specialize in one specific cloud technology and get really good at that one thing and kind of leave the others to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What do you think, Eric? Specialization down to that level of granularity? Oh, or yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, I've, I've done, um, I think, two assessments now that uh, were pretty heavy in cloud. And one one was right after I took Sec 588 and I was, you know, dumped into, uh, not, not only was it counter hack difficult, but it was it was kind of the, the next level to that because it was just this massive um, cloud infrastructure and I was very overwhelmed. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so I could, I could see how um, 
it would really take you know a lot of specialization um, to to really effectively uh, assess that that particular um, yeah. But but with the help of my team, of course, uh, you know I got through it and yeah. we uh, delivered a great report. Wonderful, <laughs> of course, always. And Eric, less. Eric's very humble, but he does a fantastic job. We, yeah. we we got he came highly recommended right from the the Sands.edu college, so we snatched him up and yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't that's like to awesome. talk myself up too much. So. No, that's uh, you should. You should. I mean, again, just the you know you, you kind of see, and again, this you know just riffing here, but on the the pedigree and the elements of what you guys, it's you know you're you're talking a, a different plane of penetration existence, and again, that just being weird, but it is. I mean, that's the level of capability that I see through the team, and it, it's just. Uh, you know, you stand in awe uh, of what you guys can do. So, yeah, I, I, it's, you, I know you don't want to say it. And I'm at this level. Yes, you are. You're, you're elite. So, uh, again, absolutely no I question. I appreciate that. Thank you. Definitely. So, given your eliteness, um, <laughs> what are some of the emerging threats or trends that you're seeing in the landscape uh, that uh, you think penetration testers should be prepared for? Um, well, I mean, obviously, the elephant in the room is, is AI, right? Yeah. Um, and not just uh, not just defending against it, but um, but also using it, especially as a as a uh, penetration tester. I've you know I've needed uh, quick like one off uh, scripts or you know whatever it may be, and I just ask uh, you know like hey you know can you I need this thing can you bang it up for me real quick and spits it out and and of course it requires some usually it requires some tweaking or um, whatever you still kind of have to know what you're what you're looking at, what you want it to do. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's, uh, if, if you're not using it, um, then, you know, you're gonna probably gonna fall behind. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. No question. And again, another learning aid really, I mean, in terms of awareness, I, 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 I even when I asked the question, I wasn't even thinking in that space, but you're absolutely right, Eric. I mean, uh, it's such a capability. I mean, it's the, the sidekick really to you guys um, doing your work. But what do you think, Chris? Yeah, AI is the big thing, right? It, it, it's I don't think it does too too much for for kind of the uh, the apex defenders and predators on on the internet, but it does a lot to to kind of democratize things, right? To bring to bring up the the newer attackers. So I, I think it's. I, th I think we're getting past the days of the, uh, you know, identifying the fish by the bad grammar and spelling and, yep. and by the really, really simple attacks because uh, it's going to enable people to do, you know, at least, at least at a moderate skill level, the, the things that are more difficult now. Absolutely. Do you think it leaves us from the script kitties to the AI kitties to where it's they're utilizing it and not necessarily understanding can ask the right question and necessarily a prompt, but yeah, I... I don't know, maybe I'm being a, a bit of a, you know, that guy, but <laughs> tend to want to learn the technology rather than asking something and then getting, you know, a script or, you know, code out, plugging that in. Oh, that worked. I'm moving on to the next phase, next stage of whatever this is. Uh, what do you think? Any, any, any thoughts with the new age of AI kitties? No, I think that's a great term, AI kitties. It was coined here, folks, <laughs> exactly. right? <laughs> And and to be clear too, like like we we use it as well. I was uh, I was just this week trying to simulate some data exfil and and just ask the AI, hey, how do I write a very simple you know PowerShell um, you know DNS name lookup thing with with random and and I, we had to fix pieces of it to make it work, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it brings it brings things 
to a different level. It yeah. does. Absolutely. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think you could take someone who say, I don't know, has has never done anything cybersecurity related and then they just suddenly think like, oh, I want to hack stuff. Mm. Let me just ask, you know, AI. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think that's possible yet because you still have to know uh, what you're asking it, what you're asking for. And then it definitely does, uh, whether it's coding or just general information, it definitely does uh, and, and will tell you incorrect information or give you a script that doesn't work or doesn't do exactly what you want it to do. Um, and you have to know why that doesn't work or you have to know enough to be able to troubleshoot it or correct it or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I don't think it'll take someone from zero to, you know, you guys to yeah <laughs> to, to elite hacker um very quickly it's still going to take you know some some education uh and, and stuff like that but yeah yeah okay yeah no i i think it's uh like you say not yet uh, you know we're at the level where we could uh you know next year or so hey penetration test this site go and then it just you know returns we will we'll see um some of the advancements in that space very interesting though uh, again i i was uh happened to be attending RSA with Chris. And I mean, if there was uh, any um, discussion, AI was either the subject of the discussion had generated the discussion <laughs> or was uh, ultimately the conclusion of the discussion. Anyway, uh, huge in technology. So Chris, um, how are you, uh, you know, and again, respectfully at your level, developing your skill? Is it the new technologies? Is it... Um, I was, you got to keep fresh to this particular level to, because of the expectation of our customers and representatively can hack itself. Uh, how do you keep your skills fresh and, and sharp? We, we have this, this neat uh, advantage as CounterHack in that we don't just do the testing. We also build ranges for other people to learn on. And I, I can't tell you how much I've learned by creating some vulnerable web server that's only vulnerable in one way. And could be you know concurrently exploited by lots of uh, lots of students at the same time. Uh, that's been that's been huge for for learning uh, just how different technologies work and, and how things go together. Uh, so so developing CTFs has been big for me. And and then the other piece too is kind of forcing myself to get out and and talk about things. And that means going to conferences like like we did, Sean, and, and speaking to to groups. It means teaching classes with Sans. Like when you have to get up and explain things to people it doesn't work if you haven't done the preparation ahead of time, right? So it's kind of a forcing function of like, hey, I'm gonna go teach this cloud penetration testing class. I better <laughs> make sure I, I understand all the slides and I, and I can go you know, a couple layers deeper than what's on there. Absolutely, yeah, no, I mean, uh, razor sharp, obviously in terms of the skill and uh, yeah, I think that exposure, I never really e even thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right being, uh, you know, you do get to that level of being a sysad, right? And you're building it and just, I'll leave this one little, here's the breadcrumb and here's the vulnerability and, and that's fantastic. What about you, Eric? Um, yeah, I think making things is definitely a, a good way. I mean, there, there's just, there's just so much to learn. Um, you're never gonna, you're never gonna be able to learn it all. <laughs> but yeah, ma making things and, uh, you know, really um, kind of gives you a in more in-depth knowledge of, of how things work. Um, you know, uh, under the surface. So, so that definitely helps, you know, build, build a practice range at home. Um, and then, you know, like, like, uh, you guys are saying, make it vulnerable to, to something so that you can use whatever tool or whatever that you want to try out or practice with, uh, and, and make, make it so that tool works and then figure out, you know, what, 
configuration changes you have to implement or make um, in order for that tool, tool to actually work. That'll, that'll give you some good, good insight. Um, and I, I had another thing and I couldn't, I, I forgot it. No worries. <laughs> when it comes up, we'll come yeah. back and that'll be the end. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, Eric. So, um, so Eric, and we, you know, uh, as um, I, I think we can all say we're Sans fans. In fact, we've, we have, uh, um, Oh, one sorry. Of their... sorry, yeah, sorry to go ahead, you, but I, I remember it. It. <laughs> um, uh, teaching, I think. Ah, yes. yes. Uh, and, and Chris could, you know, he's a SANS instructor, so he could probably speak to that more. But I, I think um, uh, teaching, you, you kind of, you know, you have obviously have to know the subject that you're talking about and you kind of have to be prepared for any crazy question that someone that you're teaching could ask. Um, so teaching kind of forces you to be to, to know whatever subject you're talking about in depth. Um, and be prepared for those those crazy questions uh, that you know maybe you haven't thought of. Sure. Um, so if you know something to a really in depth level, then you could think through some some of those those questions. Um, but yeah, they you know they they say teaching is the one of the best ways to to learn something. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm not a SANS instructor, but I have um, put on some small classes at my my guard unit, um, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was great. It you know forced me to to really learn whatever I was, I was teaching. So absolutely. It's always funny how the students can sniff out the weakness and they ask you a question. Oh boy, <laughs> here we go. I, um, let me get back to you. You know, the, the, the default, but uh, again, you guys, uh, not, not needing that excuse, but anyway, <laughs> now, so let me go on to this next question. And we may be a little biased as I think we're, we're SANS fans in terms, and obviously Chris is an instructor in that space in terms of this respective question on the, you know, specific certification and training uh, that you would recommend to uh, penetration testers. So Chris, what, what in that space, um, what do you feel is a good grounding uh, for someone either entering the space or part of their continuous development? Because ultimately, if we're not learning, I don't think we're doing, right? And even, you know, you guys have mentioned it, even at your level, hey, we don't know everything or we're still continuing to learn and adapt our capabilities. So if at your level, you're still doing it, everybody else below, uh, I mean, we've got to get caught up. Uh, that's a that's a bit of a steep learning curve, but we'll get there, Chris. So what recommendations do you have? <laughs> yeah, I, I always start with, I, I want people to to play around with things and have fun, right? That's, that's how I found pen testing because I was doing different things, trying different things. And I said, wow, this really sounds fun. So then, so then I started building, you know, taking classes and, and building skills, getting certifications. And, and it hasn't been work because it's been fun. And, and now that I'm in this field, uh, then I said, gosh, cloud pen testing looks fun. I'm going to try 588 and get GCPN. And, uh, and then I'm going to do 660 and get GXPN. And so I, I, think, um, I think for grounding, like, like 560 and GPN is a great place to start. Uh, 542 with the with GWAPT, uh, the web app pen testing certificate, that's, that's another great place to be because so much of what we do is, is web apps. Uh, and then from there, just, just go at it interests you is it is it tool development is it red teaming purple teaming there's there's a course for for everything absolutely and i think it, it just goes to the curriculum development as well that sans provides and other organizations respectfully too uh, again i don't know if it's the same quality and curation that respectfully sans puts into their work but um like you say there's, there's specializations that right you know when i was first taking at you know 560 it was 560 and 660 that you know that was your where you went, and if you dare try a 760 and, and uh, Stephen Sims uh, 
Uh, again, we've had some interesting conversations on yeah. the, the difficulty that I'm having right now with uh, 660. But anyway, um, thank you, Stephen Sims. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're almost there. You're almost, almost there, Sean. There. <laughs> almost there. And, um, but now, like you say, the, the, the depth that you could go or the specialization that you want to bring in, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. So uh, how about you, Eric? Any recommendations? Yeah, definitely um, find what you enjoy and, and what you find fun and what you love. I think that's really the number one advice that we could give. Um, I, I can't imagine myself doing anything else in, in cybersecurity. And uh, I mean, I, you know, will put in what some would consider long work days sometimes or often, sure. <laughs> um, not because I'm forced to or because I feel pressured to. I just really like what I do. Um, so to me, it doesn't feel like work. You know, I get to do something fun all day, every day. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it doesn't have to be penetration testing. It doesn't, it could be, it doesn't have to be even anything uh, technical specifically. It, it could be something like cyber threat Intel, which, you know, you kind of have to have a little technical foundation sort of, but um, a lot of that's like Intel driven and, you know, not so, so technical. So um, yeah, cybersecurity is, is a niche itself, but then it's a very broad niche. <laughs> There's a lot of things within the niche of cybersecurity that you can you can do. And um, some of it's hyper-technical, like pen testing, and some of it's not so much. I mean, you could be doing, if if you like uh, policy type stuff, I mean, you could, you could do that too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. No, so. no question. And again, each, like I say, you're getting into so many layers of depth now. And again, you know, in some cases, organizations approach that, that, oh, I could get a certification out of this, right? You know, GRC or something along those lines for the non-technical side. And that's great. You know, you know again, building capability, building uh, really your own learning cadence as well. But I ultimately, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but this penetration testing, I think the onus in some cases, the job is, and again, please correct me, but it's less about the actual penetration, but building that knowledge space and the continuous learning is is the journey to be able to do the penetration tests. And in some cases, that's a 50-50. 50, I'm you know, just doing this work, but 50 is just learning about the new techniques. What is the business that needs to be uh, integrated, built, and how do I incorporate that into my methodology? So I think that's exactly. uh, a huge part of it. So yep. that's really cool, really cool. So Eric, uh, what advice would you give an organization that are planning to engage a penetration tester for the first time? Um, I would say it's do not be adversarial. It's it's a team engagement. You know, your your the penetration testers are there to help you as best they can. Um, so you know, reciproc reciprocate some of that assistance and just uh, like you guys, for example, are um, you know one of our favorite customers. Uh, if not our favorite, yeah, we're just going to do a sound effect. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, because you are so easy to work with and you're so helpful. And we know whenever we um, need anything, really, you're readily available. And um, yeah, I mean, that's I, I, I think that uh, provides the best experience for for us uh, um, as, a, as the pen testers. And then um, for you, you get the most out of it because um, the more you help us, the, you know, the, the more we can find and the more, uh, we can help you. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of cases, and you're absolutely right, Eric, it is the way I look at it is we stretch that dollar as far as it'll go. Right. And we do it together. It's a partnership truly. Uh, and like you say, the adversarial piece in some cases, um, and, uh, we'll, we're going to do this with a smile, Chris, because we're going to say, well, why not become best friends and go to an RSA conference and actually present on 
the collaboration piece. So I'll throw it over to you, Chris. That's a great idea. We exactly. should do that. We should do that. Oh, we did it already. <laughs> I think that's publicly available now. You should probably put a link in the we, show notes. But, yes, absolutely. But yeah, it, it is so funny how it just it feels adversarial. And, and I, I don't know I don't know why that is, other than I guess it's maybe just human nature that we you know that the the CISO wants that clean pentest report of look look I'm, I'm doing everything perfectly well there are no findings uh which which we all know is a lie every every organization has has places where they can grow and mature and and on the other side too i think a lot of pen testers feel bad about asking for help about asking hey can you can you seed access to this level so i can check you know a little more of the environment uh because they they want to bang their head against the firewall until they get through and and that, you know, like Eric said, that doesn't that doesn't get you the best result. Doesn't get you the CISO the best result. Exactly, exactly. And again, I, I do want to emphasize the the partnership piece in this because it, it's um, and I've seen obviously those adversarial pieces, like you say, there's the uh, guardrails put in that make a, you know, rules of engagement or a statement of work um, practically impossible to work with, and then it's well, uh, here you go. We we might as well just do a scan, you know, vulnerability scan. Here's your scan. Well done, just update these things and, and you're good to go. Well done. And, you know, from from my perspective and having seen that and even in some cases we, we talked to people at RSA that were, we want a compliance report versus a security report, right? And it's, I just want to check the box. I want to do it as neatly and as quickly as possible so it doesn't add any more work and I look great. Okay, good. Uh, and then, you know, there's everything else. And uh, so you just got to be wary of that because it, it leads into really this last question, Chris, is um, from your experience that there's going to be common mistakes and misconceptions that organizations have with respect to penetration testing, right? And, um, you know, how would we avoid those? And I think in some cases it's you create this communication channel, as we mentioned from the previous question, but any other thoughts? Yeah, I think it's kind of easy for, for us, for you and me to say, well, just just have a good relationship and work through exactly. things. And uh, I, we actually got a comment, uh, one of the evals from the from the talk was, hey, this is great. You guys have been working together for years. Of course, it's easy. What about that first time you engage uh, a Pentest company? And and that's that's hard uh, could, because if you're if you're looking for your first Pentest, how do you know where to go? How do you know, you know who's going to just do that Vuln scan and, and change the letterhead and hand it to you? Here's your Pentest report and who's actually going to do a great job with it. And uh, I think it I think it comes down to, to networking, honestly, it, it's it's. Whether your network is one of the ISACs or, or uh, you know, or peer businesses or, or your predecessor in the, in the environment, I mean, you know, it's, it's finding out who folks have worked with, uh, where they get a good result and what's going to be a good match for that organization. Wonderful. Wonderful. Eric, what do you think? Um, I, yeah, I don't have too much more to add to that. I think that pretty much nailed it. That plus the, um, the misconception that it is adversarial. Yeah. Um, I think I think those two things are probably the most common and probably the 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 biggest uh, mistakes to avoid, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. I'll give you one that I had, and this was a few years ago. Obviously, not at this organization, but the expectation was this, and it's it's kind of funny. Is um, we got the pen test report right, and um, they said, "Oh well, we're we're free of vulnerability for the next year." That's what they thought that meant. It's like, well, hold on one second. It, it's a point in time and mm -hmm. there's vulnerabilities identified. We change technologies. We change the configurations on those. We add new users. We've got bad user behavior that we've got to think about. We've got insider threat. We've got other risks. And uh, 
Oh, no, no, no. The, the, we've got the pen test report. It, it, it's clean. We cleaned up the, the high and medium. Uh, or the, there was actually highs and, and mediums. And then we were good. And it was, well, then that was the, my head made a lo- rather large noise hitting the desk <laughs> because it was, um, uh, no, we're, we're uh, it, it's, uh, we're good as, as of the, the second we've done that configuration change and fixed that issue, there are more to be seen. And I said, that's fine. But if you want that level of assurance, now you're talking about a continuous monitoring approach that would also require external assessment to make sure why everything that we're doing in this space. And yeah. but we can't fault that. That that does not and having to convince, I mean, I mean, literally was, you know, um having to draw pictures in terms of <laughs> what this actually meant was uh such a misconception. And the other one that I've seen is um the expectation of uh, just a vulnerability scanning report. Um, you know, we, we put on a, a uh, in, in that case, the company, a, a two week agenda and that, well, all we need is a scanning report that they take a few hours. What, why have we got two weeks worth of, uh, that's not a penetration test. We can provide that for you. And we, we mentioned previously tenable as the scanning tool that we were using. And it's, uh, oh no, 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 we, we don't need this. We don't need, we just need that, but we need someone else to run it for us. It, it's going to be the exact same thing. Right. And, and um, so it, it's just in those spaces, it, it's kind of funny where, you know, and this is a few years ago, you, you know, we, we hope our leads and, and the uh, even those maybe in those positions that are not technical, but at least enough to know um, that they are, uh, uh, they've got to talk about the right context of a penetration test and what it actually means, what you're actually trying to get out of it. Uh, and some just, um, you know, playfully think of what a pen test is and, uh, Maybe a misconception, but anyway. Yeah, I, I do have one that I, oh, sure. that I thought Thanks. of. Um, so uh, a lot of organizations, or, uh, or some, or however many, um, will have internal pen testers. And that's great. Like, you know, it's, it's great to have an internal pen tester that's looking at things every day. Um, but I, I, I think um, even if you have an internal, it's still good to have an external team come, uh, come, come look at your network because uh, that provides, you know, a different someone with a different way of thinking or a fresh set of eyes. Um, like, uh, for example, us coming here, this is the first time that I've, um, I've worked uh, with you. Um, and Chris comes here every year. And uh, I think like day one, um, I had tried something that Chris was like, oh, like, see, I, you know, I, that's why it's great to have someone else, uh, someone new come in, uh, exactly. you know, on the assessment. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, uh, just because you have an internal pen tester doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need uh, an external team to, to, to come out. So. No question. Because you get that myopic view, right? You, you're looking at it every day. Oh, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, bypass some of these. And then, like you say, you bring in some new eyes and it's like, uh, well, you missed something. Uh, here's the new yep. technique or here's what we do. And, and uh, here it's pwned. Thank you very much. And, <laughs> you know, you walk away in the internal pen tester. Uh, huh, interesting. I think another one, actually, Eric, you... you uh, brought up that I think is interesting and it goes back to the uh, the point Chris that was made uh, when we were doing our talk was uh, you know it's recommended that we change penetration testing services every one two or three years I think that's good but to Eric's point uh, and why we've had such good consistency and, uh, and great value is it's not everybody that comes at the same time so Eric you know you've been here new fantastic new set of eyes what are we doing right what are we doing wrong uh, and so I think you can create that without having to change necessarily the parent organization mm-hmm. for an organization to 
come in and do that penetration testing. But I think you're absolutely right. External is required. It's um, especially in this day and age. I mean, it just um, it's great to have the internal penetration testing team. We're building our team internally, some great talent as well. Um, but it totally makes sense to, to bring in. Uh, what do yeah. you think, Chris? And to your credit too, Sean, you've, you've given us access to Matt and Will, two of your team members, yes. and uh, and they are internal and they do know the organization well. Uh, and when you know, I feel like I know it well. It's I've been coming for for years, like like Eric said. But uh, but then they they say, hey, you might want to look here. Hey, have you thought about this piece? Oh, oh, no, I thank you. Right. So so again, the, the partnership and the different yes. perspective just make, makes everything better. Absolutely. Yeah. This the the adage we say is everything's on the table. Uh, you know, I, I want you guys to find it, or, or if they've already found it, perfect. But, you know, um, given the expertise, if you guys can take that information and run with it and, you know, plot a plausible scenario or ultimately pwn elementary, uh, you know, an underlying system, phenomenal. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to get to that level of confidence, right? And ultimately, it gets to levels as well. Uh, and this may be another misconception, but is, uh, is this is, um, oh, I caught you, pen test over. We're done. I've got one layer of control that worked. And doing that, again, is just, you know, I'll just hit my head on the table again, is um, makes no sense. Let's work past that because we're talking defense in depth. And that depth can become rather shallow with an underlying vulnerability that's identified, whatever. And so we have to test all levels. And, and so that's why, you know, representatively, we partner um, with you to, one, identify we're still good at this level. Perfect. Okay, let's break that level down. Let's get you in another level. Let's break that. Let's get you through, um, so we can really have a, 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 the veracity of the assessment. I think is hugely impacted um, with that technique. Um, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you know, we we talk in five sixty about not just testing the eggshell, but but the yolk too, right? We want to we want to go all those layers because defense in depth is a thing. Exactly right. Eric, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think. Uh, you know, as as we've found on this assessment, we've gotten caught by the EDR on a, on a few occasions, and which is great. But there's always ways past it. Yep. Um, and you know, an attacker who maybe has a much longer uh, period of time to, to work on on their attack than, than we do, um, you know, may find a way past it. And and uh, so you need to have, like you said, defense in depth. Um, uh, so when you do get past the EDR. Uh, you need to have uh, other uh, additional protections um, at lower levels or, you know, whatever internally uh, past the, the, the EDR. Um, you need to make sure that all the underlying configurations are, are secure um, because EDR, while it's very great to have, um, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a catch all. It's not going to save you from from everything. Exactly right. So. Exactly right. Same Wives thing. Words. Same thing. You know, the, the WAF. Same thing with the WAF. Right. Like, exactly. oh, we blocked you with the WAF. So. Yeah. Exactly. Go away. So you're done. Yeah. 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 Just give us that report. Yeah. Thank and you very much. Speaking of WAFs, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you do hire a pen testing firm, um, and you have a WAF, you should let the firm through the WAF and don't make them test. I mean, maybe if you want to make them test through it for one phase, yep. that's fine. But you know, give them access uh, past the WAF in the next phase or, you know, however you want to do it. Because um, there's always a way, just like EDR, there's always a way past a, a WAF and uh, you're not going to get nearly as much value out of your penetration test. I mean, I, you should get the most for the money that you paid for, right? And you're not if yeah. you 
if you give your pen tester a, a difficult time like that. So. Exactly. Yeah, and I guess like you know we've talked about the motivation is um, I want control and it works. That's all I needed. <laughs> you know, I, here's the you know x thousands of amounts of dollars to prove that, and it's you know, give me a break. You know, it, it's um, beyond uh, thinking about to not allow that to occur. Uh, and again. You know, we can sit here and, you know, lament on, on those facts. Um, but, uh, you know, some organizations are still in that space. I, I don't know if it's an element of maturity of their underlying program or a fear or ego. But we just got to, you know, we'll, we'll um, uh, let's reference the song Let It Go. And, uh, you know, <laughs> just let them, you know, let, let it go. We've got to get past. We've got to test all these layers. And, uh, you know, don't be uh, that guarded. It, it, it's... Because if not, it's um, it's it's a shame uh, because you, you lose the value ultimately. Excellent, gentlemen. Thank you so much again. Thank you for your partnership, your expertise, and being on the podcast. And to our audience, thank you so much. Uh, remember to subscribe in all the normal ways. Questions, comments, concerns, episode ideas to podcast at cisecurity.org. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey, or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit our website at cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.